you are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. And thanks for tuning in to HR After Dark. I'm your host, Jada Willis, CEO of Willis HR. We have my favorite storyteller and strategist and coach and speaker. I can go on and on, but she is phenomenal. We have Rashonda Pratt, owner of The Rose Show Live and a myriad of other things. We can't wait to hear more about her story and just some guidance for today, but welcome. I'm so excited to be here. I mean, HR after dark. This is amazing. I'm after dark with you. Like, where else does this happen? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I just, you know, I've been trying to get on your schedule, I think, for years now. So you have to understand, this is like a meeting with Oprah. This is a dream come true that I get to interview, speak with, to learn more about, and tap into all of your genius today. I'm just, man, it's an honor and a privilege, but... Let's not cry at the very beginning and for a few seconds of our show. <laughs> so I want to our listeners, and just so you know, we have listeners all across the world. So uh, definitely domestic, but also international. And they may not have heard of the Row Show. I mean, they, I, I, I can't believe they're living under a rock if so. But just tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. Sure. So I've been a journalist since the fourth grade. I know people are listening to that and saying since the fourth grade, yes, since the fourth grade, my mom and dad are from the beautiful country of Trinidad and Tobago. Shout out to all the Trinis that are listening. And when I was in the fourth grade, my dad would make me watch the news. So while my friends were watching the Smurfs, I grew up watching Tom Brokaw and Peter Jennings. And my dad told me as a fourth grader and as an American citizen, it was my responsibility and duty to know what was going on in my country, in my community. And I fell in love with the whole process of storytelling and journalism. And it wasn't until I was in high school when a friend talked me into doing our then campus newspaper style television show. She says, hey, you like to talk. So you need to be on this show. As you can imagine, I was the kid who was always like, great student, but just talks a lot. (laughs) So I discovered it was journalism and I decided that, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And I went to Winthrop University in Rock Hill, South Carolina, go Eagles, and landed my first television news job while I was still a senior in college at a top 30 market that covered North Carolina and South Carolina news and had the NBC news channel right next door, the major hub to all of the NBC stations across the country. And it was baptism by fire those first four years because everything that could have went wrong in the world, Jada did. 9-11, war on terror, Strong Thurman died, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Sr., excuse me, died. Everything that could have happened in the world happened those four years. But I learned so much about storytelling. I learned that facts tell, but stories sell. And I had the great privilege because of the seed that my dad put in me as a fourth grader to be on the front lines of helping to write history for the last 20 years as a television news producer and executive morning show producer. But I always had this thing, like I wanted to be in front of the camera. But I was not camera friendly. I did what? not like how I looked on camera. I know it's hard to believe, but it's the truth. I'm not making this up. I, it's like watching paint dry. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, 
It was terrible. There was no personality. I spoke like a robot with a high-pitched voice. It was all of the things. And I went on this journey of self-discovery and found out that my visibility is power, which I I know we're going to talk about that today, and that your visibility is an inside job. And I discovered that I liked my voice. I liked how I looked on camera and that people like it too. And it happened through this whole invention of live video. While I was working at the television station, I tapped into creating this brand called The Rose Show Live. And all of a sudden, it just took off as the early adopter of live video because I understood that pictures and words make the perfect marriage. And so I've been helping people to tap into their visibility to create and leverage visibility with live video and local media because you deserve to be seen, heard, and paid. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it's so hard to believe. I I would love to be on fly on the wall in those early days because you have such a magnetic presence about you and you help so many individuals presently. And I know that you also help organizations, leaders. And I want to learn more about, and I'm sure everyone else does, the storytelling and the importance of why is that even relevant in, in the world of today and how is it impacting right. organizations? You know, it's this thought of if you don't manage your narrative, somebody else will. And why would you want to leave that up to someone who didn't, you know, sweat over this, who didn't get the divine inspiration from God, who didn't really see this thing in its infancy stage? Why would you want to leave that up to your customers or people who are not even vested in your company? But that's what happens when we don't really get a clear vision and tie our vision to our value statement. Like what is our value as a company? So if you don't manage your narrative, you leave that up to someone else. One of my favorite Native American proverbs says, those who tell the stories rule the world. And there's a part of the world that you are called to rule, called to dominate. But that won't happen if you don't tell the stories. And storytelling has become really popular these last couple of years. And I think it's because Mm -hmm. People buy people. People want to connect with real people. And as a visionary leader, right, as a mm-hmm. thought leader, mm-hmm. as an expert, you cannot hide behind your computer screen anymore. You can't hide in your office. You have to become a visible leader, a visible leader who communicates the story of your company. Mm-hmm. You're so right. This plays into, and we didn't even, you know, prep this, but a lot of what Willis HR is, is talking to our clients about is that it, you have to be aware of having a human experience, but being mindful that everyone else, your employees are having a human experience right now. There's so much going on in the world around us, and not yeah. to mention what's going on in our lives, that you have to, as a leader, yes, you have to connect, you know, the company vision and values, but you also have to get to know what is it that that employee is going through and what are their own personal vision and values, right? Yeah. You have to know the stories of your community. It goes back to that again, right? It goes back to that whole thing of, I had to communicate my company's brand story to my clients, to those people that I'm called to serve and impact. But at the same time, I have to know the people that I work with, the people that I employ, I have to know their stories too. Because sometimes the reason why you have that disgruntled employee who doesn't have any buy-in anymore in the company is because they don't feel appreciated, but also you have not figured out how to align their story with the company's message. 
message. One of the things I loved that I learned in television with one of my news directors that I worked with, Keith Connors, right? Gave this young kid a start. (laughs) And one of the things he would always say is whenever we hired someone new in our morning meeting, he would go around the room and everyone who's already there welcoming this new employee would have to answer this question. Okay, Rashonda, what are we known for? Well, Keith, we're known for doing weather. Okay. You know, Sarah, what are we known for? And Sarah can't say what I said because I already said it, right? So everybody had to be acutely aware of what we did and what our story is. So here's a homework challenge right from the beginning. I know you're just like, I wanted to listen to the podcast. This lady's coming on, giving me homework. I am. I'm giving you a homework as a visionary leader to ask yourself, really, truly, what is our story? How are we communicating that? And then I dare you to challenge in your next team meeting, because you should have team meetings, right? But in your next team meeting, ask the people around the room, what is it that we do? And see what they say. And that will tell you, do they really understand the pulse of what's going on here? Do they really understand who we are? People are able to carry a vision when they're able to see the vision. And every now and then we just need to do a refresh of what the vision, what the what the values are, and what uh, we want people to experience working with us. That's all stories. That's all stories. And thinking of visibility, back to what you're saying, is, is that employees need to feel seen, right? And so whenever you can, you know, give over the metaphoric microphone to that employee and you let them, like you said, tell the story or tell their own story, you can help as a leader connect them back to those overlapping values and that vision because the employee needs to understand, well, how do I fit into this puzzle? I may be a really small part, but how am I contributing to our clients or even just the day-to-day? I may just be, quote-unquote, answering the phone, but you're doing more than that, right? Mm-hmm. And so as leaders, we have to see our employees and give them the opportunity to tell her story. I'm just echoing what you're saying, but you're just, you're right on. You're, you're, you're not even an HR professional, but I'm thinking about recruiting you right now. <laughs> Listen, Jada, this is so true. And let me just go a little bit further. Allowing your, um, your employees to tell their story doesn't mean a comment box. It's an right. open door policy. Some of the best news directors I loved working with were the ones that kept their doors open. I'm telling you, I worked with this one news director. I knew she didn't have an open door policy. You know how I knew that? Because she would always keep her door closed. Mm. Always. It's just something as simple as that. And so, and then you, and then the time she did leave it open, like she may have forgot to close it after she went to the bathroom or she came out to the world. You would knock on the door and she would always make you feel like you could not step beyond the threshold. And you're like, are you busy? And she's looking, right? It's it's the subliminal messaging. And so we have to make sure that people understand that we're in the trenches with them, right? And that our door is open to have those necessary conversations. You're right. It's a, it's a little bit harder. Leaders right now, if you're still living in the remote world, have to be intentional. So you, you have to schedule those one-on-ones. You have to have more of those check-ins, right? And just spending more time, whether it be on video or phone, um, from a comfort level perspective, but at least your employees know that you're providing that mechanism, that platform for them to share what's going on, share their world. 
And, and yeah. right now it's so important because we're still in the midst of a pandemic. I feel like the conversation's dying down, but it's, it's still very real. Yeah. And you know, and the thing about that is just as much as that you need to be visible to them, I think you need to be visible to yourself. I learned very early Uh on in even running my company is that I spent the first year of the pandemic with a lot of, it's fine. It's okay. We'll just adjust. It's fine. It's okay. We'll just shift. You know, you use all the words, right? It's fine. It's okay. This is just um, a transition, you know? And I kept saying that. And then I hit a wall like the latter part of the year. And I could not figure out, Jada, what was going on with me. And it's because I didn't honor my feelings and I was carrying it for everyone else. My kids at home, running a ministry, running a business, all of the hats that Jada talked about that I wear, right? And I just kept telling everybody it was okay, it was okay. And I wasn't honest with myself. This is why I tell people all the time that visibility is an inside job. Being a visible leader mm-hmm. starts within on the inside and then it works its way out. And those are the things that you do are the exercise of visibility. But visibility starts in the heart. And I had been disingenuous. I had not been honest mm-hmm. with myself about what I was feeling and experiencing during this pandemic. No, I mean, you're you're among the masses, though. That's it's really all of us. And I think that we all just didn't know how to pivot and adjust. But then also we felt like we had to represent something that's an anchor to everyone around us. You know, we right. are those, those high anchors that are constantly have it all together. Right. Um, we don't crumble yes. because everyone else is crumbling. And listen, at times we do have to crumble, but people need to feel that even that little level of vulnerability because there's, there's strength in it. There and, is. And that's just a real, it's, it's absolutely a really powerful thing whenever we have, you know, and I, I am HR, but it's an appropriate level of vulnerability with our team where, yes, I'm leading you in this direction, but guess what? I'm having hard days too. I, I totally get it. And you're relating. And, you know, what I think is really interesting, because just even in reading over your first book, I bet you didn't know I read it. It's like, <laughs> reading, reading through your, your first book, I think that inadvertently there are some leaders that are taking some hints because even though they're living in this remote world, they're sending videos of themselves weekly and they're sending video messages. It may not be the cutest thing in the world. Okay. It may not be. At least you're doing it. Um, But at least the camera may tilt up a little bit. I mean, you know, they're trying. And so, so, but they're sending out messages to the team, but it's about, again, driving that energy and that passion, but I also know that you're you're coming out with a second book, or you actually did, you just did, and so I want to I want to hear about that. Can we talk about it? Yes, you know I think this has been so CEO of live video. You know how to connect and convert with your audience was the step by step on how to do live video. That was like that sparked me into as an author. But this one, I think, has been a little bit more personal because it's my journey. Visibility is power. And it's my journey of discovering the power of being seen and heard. And I love this book for so many reasons because it's been a little bit of a labor of love. And Jada, you know this is writing a book, right? It's a little bit of a labor of love, but it's a, a passion of mine because I just have this desire of seeing people see themselves. I just believe there's a you you haven't met yet. And when you meet that person, you are going to show up 
fully in life, in everything, in life and in business. So this book, Mm -hmm. Visibility is Power, talks about my personal journey of being afraid of the camera, not liking my voice, to now getting paid to be in front of the camera and loving my voice. It also has seven case studies, people sharing their VIP stories, we call it, of their journey of discovering their the power of their visibility from professors to TV anchors sharing their journey. We had the foreword written by Dr. Cheryl Wood, who is an international speaker in her writing connected to Lisa Woods and Les Brown. And then my favorite human, my husband, Jacoby Pratt wrote a bonus (laughs) chapter called the hope of visibility because visibility provides hope to others. And so it's, it's full of things. There's exercises in here. I may be biased, but I think you should go get the book. <laughs> I may be biased, you, but I, I, I totally agree. And, and what you've helped me realize is that this is not just about, I mean, looking pretty for the camera. Okay. This is, it goes so much deeper than that. This is yeah. anything but superficial. Okay. This is, is really about, honestly, Everyone, males, females, leaders, stay-at-home moms, everybody coming into their own path, their own journey, and stepping into and showing up, right? That's all we can yes. do is show up. For sure. You, something that you just said really sparked a thought. And the thought is this. You know, people focus so much on how do I need to look for the camera? Camera angles, the lighting, all of those things. That's great. But I graduated to those things, Jada. I mean, if you remember the early days when I started, it wasn't all this razzle-dazzle. It was a white wall, my mm-hmm. office light, natural light in front of me, mm-hmm. but I had a message in my heart. And what is it yeah. to have all the pretty things on the outside? Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. To have all the pretty things on the outside, but nothing pretty on the inside. See, that's mm. the power of visibility. Because everything that you create, your message, your value system, this great product or idea, this invention, all of it flows from the inside out. Everybody will try to tell you it's the outside in, but no, sir, no, ma'am, it's the inside out. And that Mm. is what is so powerful about visibility is power. Mm. Man. I really do want to talk with you all day. I'm like, where have you been all my life? So I I know I adore her and I wish that you all could see her because I know, listen, the external, I get it. But if the, if the external of Rashonda Pratt is anything that is reflective of your internal, you are just a glowing beam of light and energy. And I am so thankful to even know you and be able to to have you on this podcast. But I wanna I wanna know how our listeners can get in touch with you and then why would they even want to reach out? Sure. So people who I work with are the coaches, the consultants and companies. As a visibility coach, I help people understand their show up. What does that show up mean? Whether it's to show up in your message, show up for that. TV interview that you really don't like to do, but you know that you need to do in order to get your brand credibility out there and build your message. Or if you're saying to yourself, we need to take our Zoom presence to the next level, 
we need to take our live streaming to the next level. Those are the people that I work with and I get great pleasure in working with. So these are the folks who need to reach out to me. And if that's you, you got to connect with me over across all social media platforms at The Row Show Live. That's T-H-E-R-O-S-H-O-L-I-V-E. And of course, my website, www.theroshowlive.com. Wow. Thank you so much. All of your information will be blasted to all of our clients internationally and otherwise. And also, you can look in the details um, of this podcast. You can reach out. We're going to make sure that she's so accessible. that if you have questions or follow-up or comments, please reach out to Ro. It has been an absolute pleasure. And to our listeners and our audience, we hope you get some sleep tonight. 